Hello, and welcome to A Book Out Wonderland. Danny didn't think I was going to introduce then. He wondered what was going on. Uh, but no, we are live. Are we live, Danny? Is this live? Uh, yes, we are live. I'm just, uh, we're actually live on Twitter, which is magnificent, because like the first one we did, we had nine people watching. The next one, we had 53 people watching. So there's 31,000 of you lovely, lovely, I only call them fuckers, of you lovely people out there. Hello to all 31,000, no doubt, watching this, Josh. Hi, you fuckers. Some of them are us, though. That's, oh, I realise I've, I've called them fuckers and we've gone from four people watching, uh, nine people watching down to four. So, uh, you lost five straight continue. off the bat. Five straight off the bat who don't like to be called fuckers. Um, I'll learn that for the future. Will work for me and the rest of the world. But anyway, everybody knows that Danny is here. I think he's already let himself know as well. Is Stokes is here. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Uh, very well, thanks. How are you? Fine uh glistening fellows i am pretty good it is wednesday i have taken more covid tests than i care to think of my sinuses are lovely and clear and at some point i think i'll get a nosebleed danny how are you i am a tickety boo and uh very very good i've got some food in the oven i've had a wee and uh i've actually been on the diet you know yesterday right I drank a quarter of a litre of liquids and I weed one and a half litres because I'm on a diet. How on earth do you know how much you weed? It's in a little bag, isn't it? Oh, is oh, it? Well, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. I have to, I have to decant <laughs> it into... I thought you were going to show Don't Whatever you do, don't take the lid off and sniff it. I look very short now, don't I? There you go, that's better. Like, yes, almost like a gremlin. Because as much as I'd like to hover, impossible. Oh, well... Um, yeah, as, uh, there's a couple of people in the chat as well, isn't there? We've got Stefan Selby. He's very happy that I'm here. Um, yeah, Danny's here as well. Uh, first person, in the, yeah, Trump. first person, first person in the chat was Danny. Um, don't know if anybody knows who that guy is. Uh, VJ, who said, "All right, Danny, we'll catch this show later this afternoon." VJ yeah, is a regular so, commenter on our YouTube. You know, the more people who go on our YouTube and put a comment in the comments, uh, the more YouTube goes, oh, something's going on here. We might share it with other gooners rather than the the, the dead dust bowl of deadness that it usually is. Yeah, and um, I'm sure after some comments today, we'll probably get um, a lot of people coming through from the Scouse Persuasion as well. Oh, um, right. Uh Danny, we should talk about the games, I suppose, shouldn't we, that has happened between this podcast and last. Um, did we play any? I don't remember any. Uh, there's games I want to forget about. Um, there are plenty of those, sadly. But I don't know where we start, I suppose, with Nottingham Forest, because it's the only game we can talk about after um, Africon, AFCON cancelled... Um, oh, and sorry, a mathematical anomaly as well also caused the Liverpool game to be uh, postponed. Yeah, who'd have thought that? 70 trillion to one odds that, that they would have everybody of a full, false positive. I know. You think about it, I've got more chance of winning the lottery every day in a row this week and getting hit by lightning at the same time than that happening. <laughs> I, uh, I did win the Euro Millions this week. I got a massive £5.90. So, did, did you get the... Uh, that trip won. to the Maldives is secure now. Oh, absolutely. By the end of this, I'll probably be able to buy at least... Uh, I don't know, maybe half of Liverpool. Might not be able to stretch well, the entirety of it. <laughs> That's the, oh yeah, to be fair, it's £5.90 that I've got. Yes. Um, 
Right, that's enough for it to uh, get people in. All uh, right, <laughs> so Nottingham Forest. Um, James, where do we where do we start with this? Uh, dissecting this game. Uh, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I suffered the misfortune of sitting through that game from start to finish. Often I'll sort of like, get, I'll get slightly distracted or my little boy will come wandering in and I'll play Lego for five minutes. But he was out around his granddad's house. So I watched it from start to finish. And I don't know if you guys all experience a similar thing, but often I find that you can start watching a game and in the first 15 minutes, you can sort of get that inkling and it's not going to go your way. It's going to be one of those days. And from the off, whether or not it was the player's mentality, whether or not it was just something in the air, but you just sense they weren't at it. You could just sense that there wasn't a cohesion or there wasn't any sense of purpose to the players. And even players that, you know, are established in the first team have been playing well this season, like Saka and Odegaard. Even they weren't at the races. But you had others like like Cedric, who was... I actually thought Cedric was the worst player on the pitch by a mile. And Tavares, for all his, you know, showy mistakes, wasn't terrible. Whether or not he got hooked off on account of the fact he was just not doing what he was told. But I didn't think he was the worst player on the pitch. I thought that ought to be the last time we see Cedric in a national shirt. I don't know. I mean, I find myself caught between feeling slightly aggrieved about it. And then the other side of me thinks, well, this is one of those things where if you've got a young team, a young team that develops and they're going to have days like this. They're going to be inconsistent. They're going to be frustrating. They're going to be unpredictable. So one minute they can look like they can play Man City off the pitch for a good half hour. And the next minute they're looking like they don't know shit from shampoo if they're having a wash. <laughs> um, so now, you know, with sort of the air of, you know, having a little rational thought about it, I don't feel that aggrieved. But there's no getting away from the fact it was absolute garbage from start to finish. And sometimes the great performances we have under Arteta's regime are sort of juxtaposed by these. So it seems like one occurs just as frequently as the other and we're never an in-between team. We're either triumphantly good or triumphantly shit. So I'm just hoping that as we've got a group of young players, as we progress and as they get better, as they get more mature, this kind of thing is is going to become less and less frequent. Yeah, I, I would I would agree, Danny. What did you reckon? Uh, I would say for me, it felt like a combination of a team that we'd put out was a group of players who were saving themselves for Liverpool during the week, and another group of players who knew they weren't getting in to be playing Liverpool midweek, um, and really knew that they don't really have a future in the first team. Uh, what? Well, yeah, it's a little bit like when you tell a child to go and tidy their room. <laughs> Cedric was like that. I've been a defender of Cedric for quite a while. I thought he's okay. Of the two of you, that's the only one doing any defending then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that was that was it. He was absolutely abysmal. I mean, I'm not going to go uh, give you all PTSD with going over what he did. But I was I was on a show last night again, the um, over and over and over again with Rich, and uh, I said. Just imagine if you at half time during the Man City game, if you'd have said to Arsenal fans, Hey, we're gonna lose this game, you know next week we're gonna go to Forest and lose one nil to them, I'd have been battered black and blue. 
and then <laughs> and laughed at and shamed and tarred and feathered and and shunned from the Arsenal. I'm not going to say community because I hate that word, the Twitterati. Um, but it was just, I'm not sure if if Mikel knew this that he was that he was throwing the game because you look at that starting and lineup. Why couldn't he? Jack Wilsh has been at the club for six months training and comments coming out. He's the fittest player at the club. He's playing brilliantly. He's getting involved. Why not let him say, well, you could give him a six month contract because it doesn't look like he wants to go anywhere. He's perfectly happy to stay. And no one in their right mind could say Jack Wilshire wouldn't have had a better game than poor old Charlie Patino who's still going through puberty and his balls probably haven't dropped because that game was so far above anything he was able to deal with. It was, it was amazing. Nothing, nothing against Charlie. He's 17 years old or whatever it is, or 12, and it wasn't working. And then we saw with bringing on Kalasnach in the 96th minute, I mean, that was just, Kalasnach might have, might as well crossed out Fly Emirates on his T-shirt and put by some fucking players because showing, having him come on was absolutely ridiculous. But I don't know what you think about this point, Josh, or maybe I do. Arsenal don't have a, a team that can compete on three fronts, league, FA Cup, and League Cup, we have a team that can compete competitively. Is that a double negative or a double positive? I'm not sure. Josh has gone. It's away. a tautology. Tautology. See, Josh hates my question so much, James. <laughs> He's gone. He disappeared. <laughs> I shall ask you then, James. Um, that the fact that we we have 12 first team players and that is it. Anything well after that, it is a massive drop off, like you were saying. So. I don't think you're allowed to throw a game, but he, 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 as much as you can close to get to throwing a game, he did because half of those players are rubbish. Half of the players couldn't be bothered. And I'm quite happy that we're out of the FA Cup. I'll be quite happy if we lose to Liverpool in the first leg so that we can play that shit team in the second leg because I want us to go top four because the only way we're going to get regular decent players is to get rid of all the players we've got. And you can't do that without money. We had a massive investment in the summer. And so, could, do you think we've got a first team capable of competing on more than three fronts? I mean, no, more than I, one front. I absolutely agree with you. Oh, you. I think if you look at the team that went out against Forest, then if you're picking players from that lineup that would be able deputies, then maybe you're going to look at Leno is a good replacement for Ramsdale. Lukonga, as much as I think he's great, is probably a little wet behind the ears still. Does that make you wonder why no um, Arteta knew that he's been playing in these upcoming games? Why he hasn't been given him minutes in the upcoming games? Because he was rusty as hell. It does. I mean, does make you wonder that. I mean, I can understand that you want to win points in the league. So if you want to win points in the league, you've got to go with your best fittest players, and that'd be Xhaka and Partey. But yeah, back to what I was saying. Um, yeah, Leno would be one. Maybe, and this is a big maybe, Tavares, because he's blown hot and cold. It's easy to forget that he was very good for a period as well. Will he he's obviously ever been pulled off like that? No, it's, I, I, I don't recall anyone in Arsenal, an Arsenal manager doing that. I mean, certainly... Even, even Peak Emery didn't, did he? The only thing that I can sort of link it to or say was similar was that time that when um, Arsene Wenger hooked a bouet. Yeah, but he was getting abuse from the crowd then, though, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean... Didn't he bring a Bouet on and then take him off again? Yeah, he put a Bouet on, and I think a Bouet had a stinker and he was diving or something like that, and then they took him off and the crowd booed him. But he won him back. For, I mean, but yeah, um, we're getting off topic here. But to return to what we were saying, the, the squad, 
if everyone stays fit and we don't have any interruptions, we've got a good shout of at least getting top six and getting back into Europe. But if we lose, I mean, God forbid if we lost Saka and, say, Partey for a good w- a whack of the season, then we've got problems. Yeah. And they have to address that. And you could argue we, we need a good striker and we need a decent midfielder. And if they're going to invest, they might as well go after players that will, you know, not a stopgap, not a temporary loan. I mean, the Arthur, this Arthur guy someone just mentioned in the chat, I'm sure he's a very good player. I've never seen him kick a ball. I know he's played for Barca. I know he's played for Juve, so he can't be terrible. But at the same time, you've got to take into account the adaptation period when you come back to the uh, the Premier League. So, I mean, uh, even in that respect, going back to what you said, surely you've got to look at Wilshire. If he's fit and he's prepared, he's ready to play, he's got the experience, he knows the club. I just don't think there's, there's more downsides to having... I mean, Brazilians can come into the Premier League and either be brilliant or just they can't hack it. He's going to go the... You could go Julio Baptista or you could go Gilberto Silva. Who knows? <laughs> Josh, we're just talking about the fact that have we got the squad um, capable of com- competing competitively? What did you say that was, James? If you say, like, it's a tautology. If you say two words in the same sentence, like, I'm going to kill you until you die from it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is, it's terrible. Uh, so I was saying that we've got 12 first team players. We can't compete at the FA Cup, the League Cup, and the Premier League all at the same time. I'm more than happy that we're out of the FA Cup. I'd rather get out of it now. I'd rather lose to Liverpool in the uh, the semi final so we can play a, a backup team in the second leg. And then just concentrate on the fourth place because we have all these other teams around us all playing. I mean, Liverpool have got the FA Cup, the League Cup, they've got the Champions League and they've got the Premier League. And that's one of our, and so have Man City apart from the League Cup and, and mm. so have, have Man United. They're all competing on all these fronts and we'll just go, thank you very much, we'll get fourth place. Am I talking nonsense, Josh? Um, not necessarily. I, I think it's very irritating that we lost against Nottingham Forest. Uh, I would say it's not it's not the entire squad that's a problem. We have a very, very tight issue uh, or very small concentrated issue in midfield where we don't have the numbers, especially when we lost two of them to AFCON. And who would have thought it during a global pandemic, one of the two only available midfielders we have might go and pick up that said disease uh, or virus in that time uh, with Jacka. So I think there's something that's got to be seen from the squad planning point of view. But also to the point that the tactics we went with in the game, we I've never seen that kind of single midfielder uh, with then either Smith Rowe and Odegaard, or in this case it was Odegaard and Patino, work for us at all. Since Arteta's joined, didn't we try that? At, um, sorry, Josh, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, didn't we try that at um, the Etihad when we got spanked? We did. We also tried it against Villarreal. Last season, I was going to say, did we do that in the semi-finals? Yeah, we did in the semi-final where we got beat. Uh, we've done it plenty of times this season. Um, friend of the pod, Dave Seeger, and friend of Danny, uh, book. lovely book. Yeah, uh, wrote an article on it this week as well um, because him and uh, Suburban Guna were up there at the game, really? and we had a uh, three-way conversation about exactly that. Have you, point. Got, have you guys met them, those guys before? I've met Dave in person. I've prodded with Chris. I've met both. Dave very briefly. Both nice guys. Mm. Both really good dudes. 
yeah really really sound um uh, yeah they've got both got their heads switched on and it was if it was acutely obvious on tv it was also acutely obvious in the stadium that it's a system that just doesn't work for us and we've got two players in our lineup that we could or within our squad without having to call upon a player who has not played top flight football in three seasons uh who so happens to have some kind of history to arsenal um in Jack Wilshire, we could have played either Callum Chambers in midfield next to Sambi or Ben White, who played there as recently as last season for Brighton and partnered Basuma. I've said that on various podcasts that our Josh, mm. meaning you, has mm-hmm. said that he can do that job and that he should do yeah. that job. It, it seemed... Ben White's also, yeah. sorry again, Ben yeah. White's also the better choice to deputise at right back as well. Yeah, I would have thought that there was... Okay, if we're going to go with Cedric, it's fine. I'm a bit not confused or not concerned, but I would have thought Cal- uh, Callum Chambers physically and stylistically would be the like-for-like downgrade or cover for Tommy Arsu. So I would have thought we'd have seen him more than we've seen Cedric. Um, but yeah, Ben White partnering Sambi and again... We had Pablo Mari on the bench. We haven't seen Chambers either. These players just, they haven't even had under 23 minutes as well. I looked and at I that, Josh, because you made that yeah. point in our WhatsApp group. Not a single first team player has even been on the bench, let alone play a game for mm-hmm. the under 23s all season. That is criminally underused because, like those players you're listing, they're rusty. Like when you mm-hmm. went, me and James were saying that Laconga, rusty as hell. Why hasn't yeah. Arteta been playing him in, in a few games just to keep mm-hmm. him? moistened yeah just you've got to bring some of these players on to uh yeah to grease their wheels uh and we've got um who else have we got as well that should be coming in for that well i say chambers pablo mari should be you know you can name overage players in the under 23s you'd expect especially knowing that this game was coming up it wasn't a surprise to us that in you know a fortnight's time we were playing nottingham forest and these players could have got some minutes in the under-23s just to get their sharpness up. And it was just so bizarre from a squad management point of view that this didn't occur, knowing full well these players would probably play. Um, the whether or not we took a risk with letting Maitland-Niles go out uh, before the game uh, to go and play I mean, for Roma. Why would you let him go when he was the perfect player to come in and, and play in that spot? And then he went and played, made his debut at home against Juventus and got smashed 4-3. <laughs> I mean, Madness. he started very well. They were 3-1 up. And then, uh, ooh, yeah, we won't go on to what well, Ramsey didn't record. come on and do anything, if anyone's no. wondering. He's played five games all season. Yeah, he's um, he's having a bad time of it. should say R. Aaron Ramsey. Um, but, yeah, I just thought it was a very odd that we hadn't seen that obviously if we'd won the game i wouldn't have worried about going oh these players didn't get any under 23 minutes and they've come in cold to it but it also looked like we had a group of players that were saving themselves that front three all or we're not front three but you know the three behind in we know they're all starting on it tomorrow we know that's the case should so, we have beaten them though with that team oh yeah should we absolutely yeah, absolutely we should have done mm, i agree but it was, a there was team... enough quality on the pitch that we should have not only beaten them, but beaten them quite handsomely. Yeah, it was one of those that, Joseph, as you said, the first 20 minutes, you knew which way the game was going. Either we were going to lose 
or we were going to go through undeservedly. You could just see it. Nottingham Forest were up for that game and we just weren't. And I think it was a combination of players that knew they have no future at the club or are just massively rusty. Like Nuno for his first, you know, that 20 minute spell. Uh, Kieran Tierney came back nine games ago and Nuno hasn't even got rotation minutes. Hasn't even come on for him. So of course he looked rusty as hell uh, when he came back into it. Um, And yeah, gave... Uh, had absolute torrid time with, you know, what was it the uh, our new wanted right back Spence, who nobody's kind of seen before in terms of uh, the fan Who's base. Who's he on loan from? He's on loan Middlesbrough. From Middlesbrough on loan from Borough, um, where we've just sent Balogun. Because um, he didn't look bad, did he? Sorry, Danny. You're a, you're a, um, a championship hipster. Have you heard of the mm. lad? Yeah, I have seen him play. Um, he played like he knew he was playing against a decent side and had his opposite number. Uh, I thought he played really well. Yeah. And there is always opportunity to bring up players like that. What I would say and put a massive uh, pinch of salt into that performance is he's a right wing back. In that game, we saw a great performance from a guy that knew he didn't need to necessarily track back because he had uh, Worrell behind him. Uh, didn't need to do stuff like Tarek Lamptey. People will say, oh, Tarek Lamptey should be our right back. He's not a right back. Lamptey's he? a right, he's a right wing back. Very different. He's not good defensively. Uh, or at least not up to the scrutiny that you'd want a proper right back to be in, when he's got a back three behind him. I think that's the slight difference that you'd see there. Um, but yeah, I thought Spence was great. Uh, but we don't play with a right back like that either. Um, we play with Tommy Arsu, who's a completely, apparently unique player. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't see the, I think the calls from uh, the Arsenal fan base to sign Spence immediately is um, a bit reactionary, a bit but, which isn't, which is, yeah, which isn't like the Arsenal fan base at all, is it? Um, Spurs are losing one nil, so they're now losing three, like, like Anders put here. Um, Spurs need three goals to win on pens. That won't be happening. James, looking at, can you see the screen there with all of the the players? Have I made yeah, it big enough? Yeah, I can enough? see all the players. I can't uh, really read people, it. I haven't got my glasses on. I can see it. Uh, for the people at home and on the bus and on the toilet, or even in the bath, I brought up a, a um, the whoscored.com of the Arsenal lineup. So out of that team, we've got Leno in goal, Suarez at right back. We've condemned White and Holding. They should have been fine. Tavares came off and Tierney come on. So, I mean, Leno had some fantastic saves. So four out of that back five were perfectly good. Bettina and Lokonga were knackered in midfield. But then, like Josh was saying, Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, that they should, they only created a handful of chances and we didn't have a single shot on goal. Who's, who's to blame for that, James? Oh, I don't know. It's difficult to, you know, put the label of blame on any one player when it was a team collective that was crap, you can you say the uh, Arteta got the tactics wrong? Can you say he got his lineup wrong? I don't know. I mean, maybe the single pivot was a mistake, but there's enough quality on that pitch to dispatch Nottingham Forest. I mean, I don't imagine there were many people that looked at that lineup and thought we're going to have a problem because there's mm. no reason to. So if yeah. you're attaching blame, you have to you have to firmly focus it on the door of the ten outfield players, every single one of whom wasn't up to the job. Maybe they're tired. Maybe it's just the inconsistency of youth with some of them. Maybe it's just 
those days that footballers have from time to time that are unexplainable but are going to happen. So had we not been so collectively good the week before and albeit lost, but lost putting in a very, very accomplished performance, then you'd have some sort of you know, concern. I, I don't know, whilst undeniably it was fucking garbage, it was absolute balls from start to finish. I don't really know you can blame anyone and just put it down as one of those things, although in hindsight to me making that remark it is something that's kind of synonymous with Arteta's reign at Arsenal. These performances, as I said earlier, come along as often as the really good ones, but such is the nature of the inconsistency of youth. I think as this team grows, again, I'm repeating myself, but as this team grows, what we saw against Forest won't happen so much. They, In a way, in a roundabout way, they need these things to occur because they can't come out the other side having learned or having improved unless they actually experience this kind of thing. So in a roundabout way, maybe it's a good thing for the future. As Danny said, it's one less distraction when our key goal for this season, I mean, it's always nice to win a trophy, it always is, but I don't imagine as many amongst the fan base that if you offered them either one of the trophies trophies in seventh or no trophies in fourth, then you're going to pick fourth because fourth helps us build for the future. Yeah, I think what we saw as well from that back three and what we saw, I would say, when Holding came on for Gabriel against Man City, we saw the drop-off uh, in quality from what we have in our first team. You could see that drop-off from Lacazette to Nketiah and we know that Lacazette isn't good enough necessarily for what we want. We want an improvement on him. So it shows how far away Nketiah is as well, uh, especially on from his hat-trick in the last uh, round of the uh, Carabao Cup. I think we all expected, we were like, yep, championship side, this is Eddie's bread and butter. He should be the one that's leading us through uh, this round. And we saw him miss the sitter. I know we could talk about we didn't get any chances or many chances to do, but he's meant to be a penalty box striker. That's meant to be, you know, not a guaranteed goal to him, but he is that kind of quote-unquote fox in the box. Is it fair so, to blame him, though? Because... In, in our recent magnificent run of form, Lacazette hasn't been scoring goals. It has been the three no, behind him, like you said, that were scoring goals. But the reason the three behind are scoring goals is because of what Lacazette offers. Ah, yes, he yeah. does the false eight ten four thing. He does. He does everything. He's all over the place uh, in a good way. Uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, James. No, no, sorry, Josh. It was me interrupting you. You carry on. Yeah, so I would say that was the thing that we we really missed was Lacazette because I think he's that glue that keeps the rest of that three behind cohesive. They knew what they were doing and then they came up against or came with another striker who didn't really know how to get the best out of that game because he, what he wanted to do was you know, score goals, whereas Lacazette is happy to kind of, as you say, Danny, he hasn't, when was the last time Lacazette scored a goal for us I think it's goal of the month right from last season last year sorry the last month it could well have been I should go and have a look and then interrupt you later with, with the answer that's all right. but that's did he the score thing. a penalty against no he missed did he score a penalty against Norwich or did he miss one he scored a penalty didn't he it might be the penalty but in terms of from open play oh god knows I, th I think it's that goal of the month that we he's just been awarded for December um, 
He scored against uh, scored against Norwich, and he scored against West Ham. Oh no, he didn't. He scored against Southampton, and that yeah. Southampton goal was was it a penalty? Lacazette right footed shot, second goal of the season. Yeah, and it was the uh, goal of the month. It was the one where we passed it all around, completely oh, yeah, yeah. broke the uh, broke the Southampton press, and it's Saka who plays a cross into Lacazette, who just smashes it. Um, superb goal, and I think yeah, if we're not looking at Penalties, I'm talking about what Lacazette's kind of doing in open play where he's moving himself around the pitch. He's kind of gone, well, I'm not scoring goals, but I'm bringing more to the team. Yeah. You know, we've seen how many goals he's really scored from well. midfield this season. He's been superb for us. The thing we now need to get is somebody who gives everything that Lacazette does in terms of um, taking away from his goal scoring to bring the rest to the team, but also adding goals, uh, You know, being able to come back short and then go long get up and get back into the box um, which I'm sure we'll get onto in terms of strikers that we hope to sign uh, in the summer we all know who we're not January. signing well I don't know who you yeah. want to mention on that one <laughs> if it's the guy I think it is I've got a sneaking suspicion we might well if you look at the I always look at news now when I'm feeling down just to cheer myself up anywhere from 60 million to 150 million to 80 million and the Spurs are battling us for him you think you know when there's a thousand different prices from a thousand different journalists and you know yeah no one's got any real idea we all know he wants to go to Juventus I say we all know we've got no idea have we it's one of those that um, I think I don't think Juventus can afford him that's the problem well that's the thing with Juventus. They always find money or they always find a loan with an obligation to buy. Yeah, it's a loan with an obligation to buy. They're an absolute kings of it. Um, Do you know how much they setting. pay for Arthur? Um, can what we, say with, can the, we um... say with an impending court case how much they paid for Arthur? Because I, I know how much they did pay for him. Yeah, but I also Didn't, know how much they wasn't paid. Wasn't he on the part of a deal with someone else going to Barcelona? Yes and no. So Barca played sixty million, was it for Pjanic, Six, and then seventy million, million for Artur, so that Barcelona could then post a ten million pound profit. Uh, but also with sixty million, uh, yeah, it was one of those dodgy. Well, no, not not one of those, but yeah. It's a uh, one of those financial. It's a little bit like me football. buying. I'll buy something from your eBay store mm. to make your profits look good. Then you buy something from mine to make your profits look good for the same price. And then what did the Barcelona do with that bloke, um, Pjanic? They've loaned him out to Besiktas. Oh, it's because his legs were gone. Uh, yeah, and they've ended up. He's twenty six. Um, what Pjanic? Isn't that? I thought that's how old he was. I'm just guessing. No. I Wasn't thought you he? said you'd got Wikipedia up with all of their ages. No, I wrote it down last night. I wrote down that um, uh, Arthur's about twenty six. We're not twenty five, Arthur. Up at Arthur, I call um, him. What is? Have you noticed the trend of Brazilian footballers that have now got old Northern man names? <laughs> well, that, that's a lot to do with when the you've got um, Bernard, you've got Arthur, you've got Joe Linton. Fred. Look at the names of the teams. Fred. There. <laughs> Fred. There's yeah. a lot of um, English, British influence on South American countries. And we went there and took all their gold. But I've put um, Arthur Mello at Juve, CMDM, 25, right mm-hmm. foot, five foot seven. Uh, Barcelona yeah. to Juventus for 68 million in July 2020, mm-hmm. nine games this season, 32 last season. And everything, uh, uh, Tom from the, the Guna Talk, he's done a really good um, show on it. So go and have a look at that and support Tom. He, um, he did a breakdown of all of his stats. He's not even a patch on on party. 
just oh, run. Um, Arthur uh, from um, Joel from the Football Hipsters, who I've been speaking to, uh, he's a Barcelona fan and yeah. has seen a lot of Arthur and says the guy is shit. There's <laughs> no point buying him. He was pointless. He couldn't work at Barcelona. I mean, there's not many players that could. Um, and they just wanted to get rid of him. And he went to Juventus. Um, he's got a... Wait, I think one stat you missed, Danny, is the number of drink driving convictions he's got as well from his time at Barcelona. He's got um it's more than well, let's put it that way, it's more than zero. Um <laughs> so and yeah, I, I don't think, is the ideal number. Yeah, yeah. When you're trying to sign a player who doesn't necessarily have dickhead written all over them, it's one of the columns you check. Out, outstanding fines or criminal convictions. Um, I have to message Tom and say he missed that from the breakdown. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't in the breakdown. But, um, yeah, Artur is not a great, um, not a great off-field um, one. So I don't think he'd fit in with, uh, as we've called him, Slick Mick and the rest of the uh, Lost Boys. Brilliant it idea for a podcast name, Josh. Well done. Yeah, Take a bow. there we go. Thank you. Uh, it will probably be a, uh, a podcast, Arsenal podcast at some point, because every other good name's taken. Uh, so yeah, we expect to see that. It'll just be Slick Mick and the uh, Lost Boys will be the will be the name of the podcast uh, from somebody at some point. But yeah, uh, I think that's the that's the thing. I'm not. It's not one that I would expect to also happen. James Horncastle just said that Arthur was great against uh, Roma yesterday, and he'll probably play the next game. That's probably enough for him now, now that he's got his place back in the side, to go, well, actually, I'm not going to kick up a fuss. I don't really fancy going to Arsenal now. I'll just stay at Juventus, and they'll have to deal with trying to get Aaron Ramsey off their books instead. That's another one. I was looking at the number of games. He, I think he scored more goals in his last season in the Premier League for Arsenal than he has in two and a half seasons at Juventus. Uh, he's played a handful of games this season. Last season, he only played about 30 the season before that, a few more. I mean, he did win the title in his first season, but mm. yeah, that's another one. He, he's on 400 grand a week. I mean, he's sitting there stuffing leaks up his bum all day long. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> oh, Danny, it would explain the uh, the calf injuries. Well, not the calf injuries, but the, the hamstring injuries. Something's being stretched at that point. Um, but yeah, I don't see it. Is that, is that something you shouldn't do with leaks? <laughs> It's generally not recommended. <laughs> is there any um, is there any vegetable that you would uh, pick Pity if you what? had to pick one? <laughs> if you had to pick something, you'd go with something that's a bit sturdier, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'd probably a parsnip because they're more tapered than a carrot. Oh dear. This could go on. I think we should move on, Josh. All right. Given fine. that Danny seems to know an awful lot about the subject, you'd assume experience and maybe have a butternut squash up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Apparently um, Simmy Simpson says the Spurs are getting spanked or the Spuds are getting spanked. Oh. And Loki says uh Spud supporters look really miserable and pissed off. What a lovely sight. <laughs> What's uh our Steph? Um it says, Arteta seems to be risking the whole season on this transfer window. I'll be confident. Oh, pardon me. That's the uh, Fanta speaking. The diet Fanta, because I'm, I'm grossly obese. Um, Josh, are you, are you confident that when well, we had a hell of a transfer window in the summer, didn't we? That was 10 mm. out of 10 buys, bang, 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 one after the other. Do you uh, Are you confident for this window? Because they need to get a move on, don't they? 
Um, yeah, I trust it. I think it's one of those that if the... Well, in terms of throwing the season away, we don't play many league games in January, which helps us out. Uh, what we, we had one, uh, well, Man City, and then, well, we were meant to play Liverpool, and as we have mentioned, um, mathematical anomalies and um, African Cup of Nations <laughs> caused that game to be moved a week. Um, and then we won't say if Mohamed Salah threw the game last night uh, to make sure he comes back early for the second That's- leg. That's something I was going to say. You know, Bang Bang was uh, he left Arsenal to go to the um, the Afcon, yeah. and he was seen in a bar. I don't know if he's getting pissed off. I don't know if he's allowed. Got the COVID. Didn't play for the um, same Gabon. with um, Lamina as well. And uh, um, the, the uh, El Nenny played for Egypt. They lost one nil, and uh, Party played for uh, Ghana. Uh, did they win one nil or lose one nil? I think they won. Oh, they, they lost. Are you sure? I'm sure. Yeah, yeah they played Algeria, didn't they? And they lo- oh no, they, Algeria was the friendly. They lost three 0 and then that was Algeria. One instead of favourites. Oh yeah, they lost one 0 to to Morocco. 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 Sorry, yeah. Yes, because it was oh, Buffal right. scored the goal. It was uh, it was Gaham Gabon was on that that late night game, and yeah. they won one 0 against the uh, New York Cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good game that one. Uh, I thought I've seen a bit of some of them. Yeah, and um, our mate uh, Pepe is currently warming the bench in sunnier climates uh, for the Ivory Coast. Uh, they're currently 1-0 up at the moment against Equatorial Guinea. At least uh, the Ivory Coast didn't pay £72 million for him. <laughs> they got him on a free. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, they've obviously got that coming. And then, yeah, we play Spurs and... Spurs on Sunday. Liverpool again, isn't it? After Liverpool Spurs. again, and then then we play another league game. So Burnley. it's not Burnley. So we're not playing many league games in there. But I'd like uh, certainly it would be nice for you know first of January we had a new striker walk through the door. But got to be realistic in this kind of things. Um, I'd rather see you know a striker coming in now. Should we be beating Spurs? with Lacazette as our main striker and the three behind and all the performances we've seen so far, yeah, we should. And the same for Burnley. Should we be beating Burnley? Do we necessarily need a brand new striker for that? No, I don't think so either. So there is certainly time for us. Um, So that's what I'd like to see is at least um, wait to the right time. Or not the right time, wait for the right player rather than the right time. We saw it summer. We left it late. We saw right. a Tommy Yasu, you know, we, at the beginning of the window. I don't think we were even close to uh, Tommy Yasu. It sounded like uh, from people who turned out to be out of the know, we were after, um, uh, what's it, Emerson with cheese, who ended up at Spurs. I had an Emerson with cheese and McDonald's. Wouldn't recommend it. No. Um, it's really disappointing and, um, yeah, it's a bit of taste. Incidentally, like the fourth Matrix film. <laughs> <laughs> I Which thought this is what it was going to come up. Either of you, have either of you two watched it? I've got I, it. I've just not watched oh it yet. God, don't. It's just unfathomably shit awful. That's all I'm going to say on the matter. Just so achingly bad. Uh, there was uh, a point, James, that um, that I brought up in other pods. But you know me. I'm, I'm not a man of words. I'm a man of um, cake. Uh, much man like of 50%. Uh, sexual magnetism. And, and swearing at me mother. 
<laughs> um, Unjustifiably yeah, so, I might add. Before the show started, uh, James had joined and I hadn't seen him, and I was getting I was getting angry with with the computer because it wouldn't let me use an asterisk in the a folder. Yeah, you know, for a minute I thought you were talking to me. I was like, Jesus Christ, what have I done here? Because you're like, press the fucking button. I'm looking, what is he talking about? What button? <laughs> I didn't know that. And I went, oh, fuck, he's there. He's been listening to it all. But the um, although Leno had a really good game um, and, and made some brilliant saves that could have stopped it being 4-0, the, the, how much difference does it make with, with um, Ramsdale in goal with his distribution? Because it is almost like having an actual quarterback where I mean, the number of times that he's got the ball and he's lofted it down to someone, and that's the quickest form of counter attack is is Ramsdale. How much did we miss him, and, and is that going to give us uh, that extra edge against the scum on Sunday? Because uh, I would I'm hope just, so. I'm, I mean, I'm when he plays, certainly there's no. There's, for me, I think if you're talking purely shot stopping, then there isn't all that much between the two of them. I think I made this point on a previous podcast, but the only person I've seen made a save this year comparable to the one that Ramsdale made against Leicester is the one that Leno made from Lukaku's header. I mean, Leno is an extremely good shot stopper, but when it comes to like commanding his area, you know, being an authoritative figure and distribution, he's nowhere near as good as Ramsdale. And in that respect, you, um, you do see the difference. You do see that, Ramsdale gives us that little extra impetus when we're attacking, that little bit swifter distribution. That It's almost like he thinks faster. There were moments where Leno would collect the ball and you could see he was rushing up to the edge of his box to try and pass it. But uh, the correct pass or what to see sort of eluded him where mm-hmm. those things just kind of occur instinctively from Ramsdale. He just sort of knows what to do. He doesn't have to think. He doesn't have to scan his surroundings. He doesn't have to look for options. He just instinctively knows what to do. And it's that much quicker when he does it. And we're always on a front foot when he's there. So, yeah, I think his reintroduction to the team, I think, I don't know if he'll play in the two semi-legs against Liverpool. I would assume not. But against Tottenham, he'll be a huge plush point. Plus point, not a plush point. No, a plush point is. It's the tip of a cushion, isn't it? Or the tip of a snooker cue. Oh, or, so, or one of Danny's velvet throws. Thanks. You, you centred yourself there right at the end. I'm appreciative of that. I was going to go with the kind of thing that would have conjured a horrific mental image for all of the listeners. So I, at the end, decided against it. People can imagine what our WhatsApp group is like with you and Jock in there, and we haven't even got to puddings yet. Josh, what's your um, what's your view on Ramsdale? Sorry, can I just interrupt you there? Just to say, what we discussed on the last podcast, I spoke to everyone, and they are all happy to do it, by the way. The pudding podcast? No, um, the the, the official all five of us Gunasphere reunion podcast. Get it done. Lovely. I'll get a date for you, and I'll let you know. You you do that, sir. That'd be wonderful. Josh, you were gonna. Um, you're a man of. You know one end of a tactic from another, don't you? So, uh, how how much better is it going to be against Spurs if we had Ramsdale in goal than Leno? Oh, it, it was. Uh, as Joseph said, it's going to be so much. The change will be so easy to see. I think. Yeah, the, just the way that we've been described was uh, Leno doesn't have that picture in his head. And you would say that kind of thing about a great midfielder, right? 
um, Amini was shit for the last three seasons with us. But Meza Ozil, uh, he was always lauded as a player who had that picture in his head and knew what was going to happen. Ramsdale seems the same. He already knows where the next two or three passes are going to go. It's the same as you see with Ben White, Tomiyasu, um, Partey as well. Uh, Odegaard all kind of see the game in the same way that you know when they play that pass they're then looking at where the next one's going to come from or what's going to happen how that team shifts they're intelligent footballers not to say Leno isn't intelligent but just in the terms of his distribution yeah Ramsdale is just a step above and I think also what will help us is having that back four re-established that we didn't have against Nottingham Forest and it's more or less going to be hopefully a similar side to the one that um, played against Man City, just with Lukonga coming in for Partey. That's what I hope the uh, that's what I hope the lineup would be anyway uh, against Spurs. And then, yeah, based on what's currently going on at um, at the Spurs game, I don't think they're exactly be coming off a raging win um, and being up for it. So it should be an interesting contest for us, but I think it should be a game we we should be winning as well, um, as per all North London derbies. I think I'd feel more confident going into that game if we had particularly Thomas Partey back. Mm. Midfield is where, if we're going to have trouble, it's where it all come from. Yeah. I, if I, we go I, into I that game with, without Xhaka and Partey, then yeah, I if Sam be- less confident. If Sambi's uh, left to his own devices again in the middle of the midfield, I think we see a similar performance from Arsenal as we did against Nottingham Forest, just we're conceding more goals uh, because we will be playing an opposition that is better. Um, Even though we would like to see Spurs relegated, they are better than a mid-table championship side. Not for long. Um, Not for long. Um, You know, once old um, Kane's ankles give give up the ghost finally, um, or that little bit of gaffer tape that holds them together um, finally breaks, then they'll be reduced to a nothing side again. But Are we worried about Kane? Because he's done bugger all for Spurs all season, plays for England, stat pads mm. against uh, uh, some under-12 countries that uh, we've never heard of, <laughs> then comes back to Spurs and does absolutely awful. Does does that show that he's, he can raise his game when he wants to, or is he just really not the player <laughs> he used to be? Because I've no idea. It's a difficult one, because... You don't know whether or not him missing out on the move to Man City is a part of it, or alternatively, Man City have dodged a hundred million bullet <laughs> by not getting him. So because he's he's on a downward curve. I mean, he's what twenty eight, twenty nine now. Who? Kane. Yeah, twenty nine. So he's twenty nine. He so he's done. He's, he, not, he's done now. I think. Good. He's probably got two, three seats. Maybe. He's never been one to rely on pace, has he? He's not a Vardy. No, Vardy's, he's, he's Vardy's still going five. strong now. But yeah. then he started later, didn't he? I think if I was Man City and if I was a Man City supporter, I'd be quite happy they haven't got him. Because if this season's anything to go by, he's going, well, as much as I hate to admit it, the Aubameyang route, where he's once prolific, but it can't last forever. And it's just... I think the biggest losers out of the summer are Tottenham. If they, they didn't take 160 million for him, and that was madness. 
Yeah, the, you know, the uh, the player I'm worried about more is Son and Moira getting into the box, diving, and then Kane steps up to take a penalty. Yeah. Because you know that's still something he can do. Still take a penalty. What I'd like to see is Aaron Ramsdale try and um, sledge him because I'm sure he could get into his head properly. He won't properly. cope with that, will he? No. I'm going to break all your crayons. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, I'll tell Jimmy Hill, my dad. Not doing it. So, um, Son isn't playing, is he? Or is that going to be the usual uh, Son's He's supposed to be out for a month. Resurrect him at half time. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure they'll find uh, yeah, so a magic sponge that will get him through. Uh, That's least actually good news that he's not minutes. Yeah, he's their best player. Yep, most creative, quickest, most um, yep. yeah, he's their unsung, unsung hero. <laughs> um, other thing, have you got anything else to talk about, Josh? I've made a few notes about some ex-Arsenal players that might make us smile or cry if you want them. Yeah, go for it. Lauren Koscielny, do you hear the news about him? I I heard the news. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why he's been kicked out of the team and stripped of the captaincy. Um, along with three other players. Uh, I'm assuming it's not related to the fact that they only lost to Marseille the first time they'd lost to Marseille in 35 years. I'm not sure that's directly the reason. Seems a little harsh. Guess who I'm asking? What's going on with Colo? No, Co. what do they call him? Uh, Lolo. Lolo. There you go. Is is um, Is it Jeremy Smith? I don't know if his number he blocked me. It's uh, Smith. It's uh, journalist. It might be this yeah. little fellow. Yeah. I can hear the seagulls now. <laughs> As he, oh, he's received it. He's just not replied. He's probably out running for his life. Um, yeah, so the tweet, for people who don't know, it says, Long Koscielny, brackets 36, has been informed that he is, he is being excluded from the Bordeaux first team indefinitely. James, people were, you know, the, the reveal one where he takes off the Arsenal shirt and he's got a Bordeaux shirt on it. People, someone very clever, I can't remember who it was, someone I follow, put that on backwards. So <laughs> it looked like he was taking and um, putting an Arsenal shirt over the Bordeaux shirt. Have you got any... Um, do bar 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 barge harbinger 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 it's that word that I can't say harbinger. any uh, harbinger any um ill will towards him oh breaking news people here we go I've asked um I've asked Chris and he says Bordeaux are huge in debt and need to cut some wages they haven't been impressed with his fitness or desire to get back in playing in, in training. In fairness to Bordeaux, I mean, cuts and problems with money is pretty much rife throughout all of the agricultural industry at the moment. So you kind of do feel sorry for them, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris, yeah, it's got... not like Bordeaux to wine. Sorry, I'll go. I'll oh, go. I said to Chris, cheers, love. You've got full credit. And then as I'm typing that, <clears throat> James, this, 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 this something to his good name. I didn't sully his Smirch. good name. I sullied the good, well, the dubiously good name of League Un. They are as one. You should know that by now. I don't. I, I don't actually think it's a bad league. I just. No, I, I don't I just, think anybody does. No, I don't think it's a bad league, but it's not in the top five. I totally agree with that. <laughs> yeah, um, I think the championship is better. Anyway, so there was some. Um, what was news? the question I was answering? I completely forgot. Oh, do you uh, do you harbinger him any bad feelings? I'm not going to use that word. I don't know what it means. Yeah, it's harbor any ill feelings. Harbor. Harbinger is like a bringer, like oh. if you're the harbinger of doom. 
There you go. That's two words being with her. No one does confused. <laughs> um, no, I don't have. Even even with the shirt reveal when he left, when you consider how how much he put his body on the line for Arsenal and how good a player he was, especially in his prime years. And from what I can gather, he wanted to go. The club had promised him to go, and they tried to stop him, and he got pissed off about it. And taking an Arsenal shirt off to put a Bordeaux shirt off is just symbolic of him changing clubs, clubs as far as I'm concerned. I didn't think it was disrespectful at all. No, I don't have any ill will towards Koscielny at all. He's, in fact, I think he's a, he was a great player for Arsenal. I bet yeah, you, Josh, I, I don't care. No, I don't care either. Um, I was enjoying and 235 100s uh, pun as oh. well. I wondered why he left it up for so long. Yeah. I missed that. What did you say? Was it a Bordeaux pun? Uh, yeah. It says, sounds like sour grapes sour to grapes me. Sour grapes to me. <laughs> <laughs> Another bit of ex-arsenal thing move is Balogun has gone to Middlesbrough, seventh in the championship, scored 29 goals in 25 games, six wins and a draw in the last seven, Josh. Is that a good move for him? Yeah, he's gone up there with uh, Chris Wilder's their manager. Um, absolutely loves him. And I would say Chris Wilder has got a bit of a thing for the under-21 strikers of that generation. They brought Brian Brewster to Sheffield United for an extortionate amount of money. From Liverpool, did fuck all. From Liverpool, done fuck all, got them relegated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, brought him from Balogun and um, the man that pipped him to Premier League 2 Player of the Year in the first season where Balogun was smashing it up. Uh, Aaron Connolly is also going to be his strike partner up there. So I'm expecting him to go with two up front. Was he? Uh, is he Brighton? Yeah, they've let that young, young Irish lad. Is the Irish he's one? He's gone short. up there on loan. Yeah, um, he's he been having some a bang, didn't he? And then he did. He smashed in two goals against Spurs, and I think he scored five goals in his total Brighton career. So, uh, I, I think he I smashed. He's he's had more fights in clubs than he has goals for Brighton <laughs> over um, his partner, who is in um, she's ex Love Island. Oh, classy bird, Dave. I don't know what that's from. Um, <laughs> any yeah. thoughts on that, James? On oh, sorry, well, going to Middlesbrough. Um, I think it's a good thing. Good thing for him. Hmm. You could see from the start of the season when he had those little sporadic bursts in the first team that he wasn't quite ready to step up. And without the Europa League, where he can give him some minutes, I think it's ideal. I think he needs to play regular first team football. My only concern is that he's going to go there and not get that. You would hope that it's been, they want him to play him. Like in some instances in the past, some of our players have gone out on loans and played two or three games and came back. I hope it's not that because that won't benefit him at all. But if he can get a solid six months in the championship, which is a competitive league, and he can do well, then I think he'll be well placed to come back next season, especially because I don't think we'll keep on to Nketiah, and nor should we. If Lacassette signs an extension for a year, we bring in a striker, that's going to be him in a position where he can obtain minutes in the first team, especially if we do what we want to do and get back into Europe. Yeah, I, I think with Balogun, um, as you say, it's, it's a league that's right for him right now. You could see that his issues weren't putting the ball in the back of the net against that opposition. It's dealing with playing against men fundamentally it's the the players the defenders he'll come up against in the premier league uh, in the championship are going to be similar to the ones he saw against brentford where he was just bouncing off them and he'll come back he'll toughen up 
uh, in championship. He might not necessarily score as many goals as we hoped he would, but he'll get a hell of a lot of uh, experience out of it as well. So I think, uh, yeah, it'll be good for him. Uh, Danny, I'm assuming we're going to move on to our next loan outgoing that's gone in January. Yes, it's... Um, what notes did I make here? Uh, Ashley Maitland-Niles. Ainsley. <laughs> to Roma. Played it right back. Lost 4-3 at home to Juve. Uh, what's the sense in letting him go now? I mean, he clearly just didn't want to be here. See, um, see I, I'm sort yeah. of with Josh on this one. I can actually see there's an element of logic to it. Mm. Go on. I, I mean, I think... I'm speculating from what I've read, so as to how much of this has actually got any truth to it is debatable. But from what I can see, he had a discussion with Arteta at the beginning of the season that would have, you know, precluded him. Sorry, precluded is not the right word. That would have involved him having more minutes in the first team. And he hasn't really had those, which in his defense, I don't actually think he's done anything to not warrant having first team football because he's actually the games where he's played in central midfield, he's been good. He's certainly a more viable option there than Patino. And given that he's still in the initial stages of his career and there is adaptation to take into account, you could put forward an argument that he's probably better placed than Lukonga as well. So in those respects, letting him go does seem a bit peculiar. But if you've got a player who wants to start regularly wants to play football regularly and you can't offer that to him i can sort of see if that is something they discussed in the summer that would be an option come january if he hasn't established himself in the first team that arteta decided that he was going to keep his word even if maybe he shouldn't have but i don't see it as a bad thing i think the summer was ainsley maitland niles's time at arsenal and anything after that has just been borrowed time. And whereas you can't dispute that he's always been a good player for Arsenal, he's always been solid, he's always been dependable. No matter where you've played him, maybe you're setting the world on fire, but you can't dispute that he's always done his best and he's performed well and he's a good athlete, he's a good footballer. There's, it's a shame to let him go, but at the same time I can sort of understand it. I think... Maybe the timing to outsiders will seem off, but you would like to think it's done in conjunction with there being a backup plan and a backup plan would bring someone else in, in central midfield. Because let's be honest here, if we don't, it's fucking insanity. Yep. Even with Xhaka uh, and Partey fully fit, that only leaves us mm. El Neni to cover either of them and, Again, I like I quite like El Nenny. I think he's functional and he serves a purpose. But if we've got aspirations of going further and progressing, he is not really what we should be counting on to back up our two main infielders. He should be. We need someone in there as good or on par with them that can compete with them for the spot and you know enhance everyone else's performances at the same time. Yeah, that's what I'd hope to see as well. And especially with trying to get a midfielder in, I think we've been linked to what everybody who can potentially play in midfield in the last week. Um, Bruno Quimarez, uh, Leon. Um, he, uh, I mean, I'm sure 
Mr. Carpenter knows everything there is to know about him, mm-hmm. but from what little I have seen of him, he does look like a bloody good player. He does. Yeah, he's certainly better than the um, midfielder that I'm sure people were mentioning who's playing quite well in France as well, who is technically on our books, uh, but is off the scale on the dickhead syndrome. Yeah, uh, I mean, you don't... I, I mean... I'm, I, I always find that I'm 50-50 on Gendouzi. He mm. was... When, I, when he was at Arsenal, he was actually really good in patches and he looked like he had potential in patches. But at the same time, there's not to be underestimated how detrimental it can be to have a bell end that catastrophic in the changing rooms. <laughs> he's, just, he's just a world-class dickhead. Yeah, and we, it's all well and good to say he's tearing it up in, the, uh, in League 1. But mm. until he starts doing that in a competitive league... Uh, our high-end club, then you ran, can't really say Arteta's done anything wrong. I would also He's not say done that anything to a... not justify him being hunted yeah. out the door. That is also a dressing room full of explosive bellends as well. Um, in terms of you've got um, Payet, Payet, Payet um, and Jorge Sampaoli as their uh, their manager. So it's Belen Central, really, isn't it? It is. Um, it's any reason why we let Saliba go there. but um, I think he'll be back next yeah. season, and I think that's a really good thing as well. Mm. Because Definitely. he is capable, again, from what I've seen, which isn't mm. a great deal, but he always strikes me as being capable that he is the kind of person that could compete with Gabrielle and White for a mm. starting spot and could potentially be on par with either of those two. Yeah, he's certainly push more than holding would do for or does for a starting oh, position. Oh, yeah. I think um, holding is uh, another one of those where I've always liked him. I've always thought he's a solid, dependable player, but I think mm. his time's up here as well. Yeah, we're just waiting for Newcastle to stay up and uh, give yeah. us 50 million for him. That's look like it. Josh, what do you think to people who say next season that Ben White should be dropped and Tommy Asher should play at centre back? Are they off? Are they who, who are they? Who are these people, Danny? I've not I seen want to know that. names. I want to know um, names. I want to where see would them. it have been? I don't know. I've been on so many podcasts lately. Oh. I forget. Are they someone that claims to be a journalist and they're Chilean and has, <laughs> doesn't know that Arsenal existed pre-2012? It, it could be some of those people, but I remember yeah. thinking... Oh, that God, I know who you mean as well. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. How about when next season, if Saliba comes back, what be... I mean, we can rotate three central defenders. They're if not we're in, play 60 if games we're in Europe... If we're in Europe, yeah. we've got three central defenders, that's fine. And I'm sure he'll make a great partnership, Pablo Mari, in the Europa League. I think he's got the talent to be able to compete with White or Gabriel. Hmm. Yeah, we've got that option as well. And if he can, can I, think, I think for the sake of the team, I think it's actually extremely... Like we've got the, the problem we've got at the moment with leaving Smith-Rowe out, he's being left out of the team purely on the basis of a meritocracy by Arteta, and I totally agree with it. Until one of those players, you know, decreases their performance and he can come back in, then him being kept out of the team by players performing well is beneficial to the club, it's beneficial to the player and the player himself, because I think it will make him more inclined to perform when he's in the team. So if we can bring back Saliba and have him, you know... And maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Who knows? These things are unpredictable mm. at best. Uh, but if he can come back and he can compete and he can put pressure on either Gabrielle or White, then that's exactly what we need. Definitely. If we've got aspirations of growing as a club going forward, then that's a problem that is required, in my opinion. 
it also then gives us a option in midfield for yeah. Ben White to push up into that position if you know like right now where we have a bit of an injury crisis we can bring I'm you could see from the performance uh, against Nottingham Forest you could see that going to holding and Ben White you can see the drop off we've got with holding and if I think Gabriel and Saliba together yeah I'd happily take that with Ben White in front of them and Sambi or Partey whoever's available able yeah. then to do their thing it, we've got that option there amazingly because uh, I think I think we'll see the back of Xhaka in the summer as well I think he'll, he'll go to Roma in the summer yeah. I saw today that um, Kolasnic was looking like he's about to move to Marseille I don't know if that was a, a rogue tweet but I can't see that But I saw that with, uh, they said we were going to pay his contract out as well I wouldn't be surprised 180 grand a week yeah it's 180. Um, I thought it was 120. I could, who knows? I, I've asked the bank to give me information and they, they just blanked me. Mm. Uh, another, uh, Actually, let's have a little bit of upbeatness. Um, our under-21s beat the Chavsky under-21s in the EFL Papa John's, uh, Papa Luigi, which one it is, last night. And we're, that we were, are now the last Premier League, because all Premier League teams have to play the under-21s, although we only have an under-18 and an under-23 league. Don't know why it's under twenty ones. And so we're now in the quarterfinal. That was the area um semi-final, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, forget it. And so now we're in the there's only eight teams left in it. We're in the quarterfinal. We were at home to playing Wigan. Um mm-hmm. do either of you squeeze an ounce of uh care out of that? I would say if anybody's going to Wigan, I'd get a Wigan kebab. If I were you. It's not dirty. I mean it's is uh, a Wigan kebab is a Wigan kebab. I might be wrong. Is it a pie but in a bat? Yep. It's a pie in oh. a bat. That's, that's um that sounds yeah. utterly fucking horrific that does. <laughs> but also you know. I can you tell you there's a there's a a rotund little Scotsman who's a good friend of mine that would absolutely <laughs> adore that. <laughs> Sadly I haven't got a picture of Jock to put up on the I need to get one of you and Jock, a decent one of you. I usually lick him from I, your your um Twitter, but I haven't got those yet. I imagine uh, the one of Jock will be... Remember the uh, Paddy Power advert with Arsenal players and it was just Santi Cazorla and they cut the camera to about there? <laughs> That's what I should do. <laughs> it be the same for Jock. It would just be from the nose up. So can we count this? Uh, if we win this, uh, will anyone care? Uh, I think the players involved will care. Mm. I think it it's just the- because it's not, you know... Uh, the coverage is not as prevalent as it is for the uh, senior, either the men's or the ladies' team. I, I think it's still important for all the guys that are playing in it. And if it gives them experience of progressing in a competition, doing well in a competition, maybe even winning a competition, it's all, there's nothing but good things. Yeah, the finals at Wembley. Um, I think it's Portsmouth or Sunderland have been playing out the last couple of finals. I know one thing for sure, though, if Arsenal win the competition with their under-23s, you know that the headlines will be the game's gone. If Chelsea did it yeah, or if Aston Villa fair. did it, it would be like, oh, look at this. It's a great, you know, another amazing under-21 story from Chelsea who will now send out all of these players to various corners of Eastern Europe and never see them ever again. And maybe one of them will see first-team action. Whereas... Um, you know, the Arsenal, they'll go, this is the reason why we should never have B 
teams in the league and yeah i can see the four now so i can't wait to win it and see um adam crafton and um so jacob steinberg absolutely lose their shit over it there is a point though the premier league this isn't for premier league teams we we have no right winning it and if you were a, a, a Wigan or uh, one of those other teams and you get to the final, that's your big day and it's been ruined by a stupid decision to let Premier League teams in it, isn't it? I mean, the only stupid thing would be if we then started Thomas Partey, which we could do in that in that competition. Yeah, allowed, we three? Can, yeah you can bring in three um, overage players. So I know, for example, Brighton played Gary Dicker who is 35 in their early rounds uh, as part of the 23s because he's a coach. There, He's their coach. Are they low on players yeah. or something? No, uh, that's part of what they do is that the manager of the under-23s plays in the under-23 games on the pitch. Ah, uh, just Kevin, to help the players. Kevin Betsy is ours? I don't think he's... I'm just asking Chalk no. if he knows what a wig and kebab is. <laughs> what do he say? <laughs> I'll let you know if he replies. Sometimes if he's busy with his kids, he might not for a while. <laughs> I think he might be busy for other reasons after he's Googled what a Wigan kebab is and then maybe come back to you late at night a bit hot and sweaty. It wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, there's certainly some opportunities there that we could, you know, boil some shit or boil some piss as well. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure why, and I agree with uh, To Be Full, why Why would we want to move Tommy Yasu away from right back as well, just on that previous point. Uh, we found our great right back is a bit like when we had the, you know, Sanya's quite good at centre-back, and then we suddenly take away our best right back, uh, playing at centre-back for ages, and then we have, um, not that Hector Bellerin was a, a huge downgrade, but, <laughs> oh, Danny, very quick. <laughs> <laughs> see the picture of Jock in the top right James I've got that one which is the proper one Don't you get that, use that one he looks very happy doesn't he bless him <laughs> uh, oh dear saw that yeah Danny what other, what other speculation have you got from the cesspool that is Twitter uh, uh, it's just one more thing Ramsey the, the manager has said uh, and quotes Ramsey is one of the players who is on the way out mm-hmm. so uh yeah, that's it's not really worked out too well. For I think that's not only in terms of his Juventus career, but his career in general. And that's from someone who absolutely adores him. He was probably one of the top five Premier League players for Arsenal in the Emirates era. Oh, for me, easily. But he's, what, 31 now? I mean, nostalgia is mm. the only reason. Arguably yeah, the only reason for Jack as well to come mm-hmm. back. But... I think Jack's more practical because he's not going to cost us anything. Yeah, I think Ramsey's done his time at Arsenal. I don't think... Ramsey probably would come for a similar wage as Jack Wilshere. Jack Wilshere ain't paying for free. I I don't think he could command anything like Ramsey would, though. No. He's not played competitive football, well, properly for, as Danny said, nigh on three years now. I'd say the only reason either are coming back is... um, Yeah, the only reason they're coming back is for nostalgia reasons, that you'd hope that then the contract's a little bit smaller. Where will he um, end up, though? Who, Ramsey? Mm. Uh, if he's stupid, he ends up in uh, <laughs> Newcastle. 
I wouldn't bet against that. No, I think it's certainly an option. But I and don't they could think build something really good there, couldn't they? Uh, they could. could I think they're going. They're being oddly smart. Hmm. Are they? Um, they're throwing well, money say, at thirty-year-olds. I don't imagine that. I'd say smart. Trippier is a good. He's we were an excellent right back. Yeah, he's an excellent right back. England um, international. Even though he's got, he's a bit tainted with his Spurs. I think um, he's an excellent right back that's probably got one, two. Yeah, in, he's probably in, got in one, top. two seasons, and uh, then at that point, if he's staying around, he's a great pro for younger players. And yeah, it gives them an option then if they stay in the Premier League, then go out in the summer, and they can spunk a proper amount on another right back and replace him. I think. Their Chris Wood seems like a good option for them right now. He scores goals in the Premier League. If they do end up getting relegated, he'll score enough goals in the Championship to get them back up. And if they have to go route one, he can do it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, right now, with their two signings, they look, um, I'd say, smarter than Aston Villa, who are apparently going to spend £25 million on Luca Ding. Oh, and Coutinho. What's he going to oh, do Coutinho. there? Not to yeah. mention they want Basuma as well, don't they? <laughs> They can't now with the wages they're paying Coutinho. You don't know how much they're paying Coutinho's wages. I know, it's, is it 80% of his Barcelona wage? It's, yeah, I think 70%. 70 oh. or 80%, which accounts to 300,000. That's insane, that is. Yeah. They're probably not paying a loan fee on top of it, but they are paying the bulk of his wages for him to take about 50 pot shots from the halfway line every game. I tell you and what, a lot of people talk about the things Liverpool. That's for me. Selling him for 140 million is what won mm. Liverpool the league, because what yeah. they invested that money in. Yeah, it was what they needed: a goalkeeper mm. and a centre back. Completed their team, and they ended up not giving the ball away every five minutes because they didn't have some twat smashing it at a goalkeeper who looked slightly off his line and would score eight goals a season for doing that. Um. Yeah, so I think it's it's a bullet we've dodged, and I don't think we were ever actually even close. No, there is no way it. we were looking at him now in no. January. No way. No, I think it was the same as probably uh, the Fahajovic rumours mm. that we're just the club they're using, the agents using to smoke out other clubs, the club they actually want them to go to. In this case, probably Juventus. See, maybe it's just you know the odd bursts of optimism from me that I've got, I just don't know. I've got this sneaking feeling that we might actually get him. Mm. I'm not sure if I, well, the Premier League's the only league with money, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, with Juventus now being, people are looking at them with the, mm, is this another version of Calciopoli? <laughs> if he wants to move, well, you're limited, aren't you? I mean, Chelsea can only buy a certain number of hundred, hundred million pound strikers <laughs> and keep them on the bench. You think Spurs have got Son and Kane, United have just spunked that money on Ronaldo. Liverpool don't need him. City don't need him. Although maybe no. City would need him. I think they want Haaland. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for all our failings in recent seasons, you can't argue that Arsenal is still an attractive proposition, especially a young upcoming mm. team. So, what I would it, say on clubs that don't have money is we didn't think Barcelona had money and they've just spent £60 million on a new winger slash striker. I think yeah. you find they don't have. Well, didn't they refinance for 1.5 billion or something? They've, yeah, they've so, always got some sort of fiddle to make sure they got money to mm. buy someone, though, aren't they? 
Yeah, that is definitely a given that they would have done something. And it would be the same for Juventus. Uh, they'll find a way to get the funds to then pay, um, yeah, to, to pay uh, Fiorentina what they want. I'd, I'd expect uh, I'd expect them to be the team he'd ultimately go to, especially as they tend to, strikers tend to, or uh, players in Italy tend to like to stay in Italy. Uh, I think it's the pasta. Something like that. So, um, that little picture of Jock you've got in the top right-hand corner of my screen, yeah. I swear it's staring directly into my soul. I think it's talking of pictures. I'd like your, your explanation on this. This is uh, the Jockman meeting Ian Wright. Actually, hold on. Before I do that, I'm going to move these around so we can see James. Um, that's Jockman meeting Ian Wright. Look at the smile on Jockman. He's absolutely delighted, right? Mm-hmm. Compare that with this. What the fuck's going on there? <laughs> that is me. If you didn't know who either person was in that picture, I reckon you'd assume that Sol Campbell's happy to meet me. How are you not smiling? Oh, I am. I've just got blow. a bit of a thicker beard than usual, so it doesn't look like I am. That is not See, um, Is it because you've just managed to, uh, have you just rented the first car from him? You can sort uh, of, if you look at you can pick how out tall Sol Campbell is, and how tall I am. Look at the picture of Jock and Ian Wright. <laughs> Ian Wright's only like five foot seven, isn't he? Five six at a push. <laughs> how tall are you, James? Six foot one. Jo- Josh is actually quite uh, alarmingly tall. I'm three inches shorter than that. Let's put it that way. All right. You just think I'm everybody's just tall, tall, though, because you like to. Sit. Yeah, and uh, Danny thinks everybody's tall because he sits down all the time. I'm five foot ten. Not sitting down, well, you're not. Oh, I like it when people say to me, "Oh, this, how tall are you?" I go, "I'm six foot seven. And they look at me and go, "I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say bullshit, but you're definitely not six foot seven. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, we've done an hour and seventeen minutes. You beautiful people. If any of you uh, have got any, oh, here we go. Loki's put a question. I shall oh, yeah. highlight that. Um, anyone got any more questions? Carl, our oh, Carl is there, as always. Lovely Carl. Um, yeah, if any questions, put them in there. And uh, oh, here we go. Uh, Cliff has put we nailed him on loan next to party. Question mark. That's something worth talking about. He's better than Arthur or Arthur. He is. He's that played in the Premier League too. as well, which is a huge string to his bow, as far as I'm concerned. Good player. Yeah. I like him as well. He's, he's a good player at Liverpool. I did like him, but I don't. I don't think it's the one to be honest. I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't disagree with you there, but of the two, it's the mm. one I think is oh, the yeah. choice. Yeah, he's certainly the difference of which STI I'd rather pick, uh, eight or gonorrhea. I'm picking gonorrhea, but... Agreed. Um, <laughs> it's, like a, it's a kick in the face or a punch in the balls, isn't it? Yeah, um, to take, make it a little bit less with John Welsh. Uh, yeah, that is, the, uh, that is the one to go for. Um, but I think there's probably some other options. What I do think though is whoever comes in, I trust based on the summer and what we saw in the summer that anybody that I wasn't necessarily sure about, they've actually been. I've would you like to hear what Jock's answer was? So I would love it. Cause I think Danny is trying to deal with something else at the moment. Uh, the question That's was good. Jock, do you know what Wigan kebab is? And his response was, is it a regularly used prostitute's vagina? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Just reply to him, no, it's something tastier. 
So, uh, yeah. yeah, I was busy. I was doing something. Um, right, let's go and have a look see what some of the people have put. We've got Loki's yeah. question. If you've got a question, start it with a Q. Um, oh, I, can I apologise to Dejan uh, if he has listened to any of the rest of the earlier parts of the podcast because I wasn't nice about uh, his fellow countrymen. Uh, which one? Where? Um, Dejan is from... He put it in the chat, didn't he? Serbia. I got it there. I've highlighted who's, it. Who's from Serbia then? Vlahovic? Yeah. I had no idea. Maybe it was from somewhere cold. Oh. <laughs> is Serbia cold? Well, um, a friend of mine. It's a bit um, Croatia, isn't it? Herman Hervoje, uh, his first name. Um, Hervoje Herman is Croatian, and uh, he often messages me or um, Skype calls me back in the day. And when it's snowing, oh, it snows. But when it's summer, oh, it's beautiful. Sean went there, went to Croatia a couple of years ago. Shit, it's a beautiful country. In the whole of that. Um, Eastern Europe is stunning. The women are gorgeous Croatia as well. Croatia is supposed to be really, really nice. I've actually always wanted to go. It looks beautiful. And mm. the men are gorgeous as well because we're an equal opportunities podcast. Oh, they're, they're dreamy. Dreamy. Hunky they and are. dreamy. Right. Um, for- yeah, Dejan has confirmed that, yeah, it is cold at the moment and that he is next to Croatia. Ah, good. Well, people have been yeah. putting stuff in the chat. I think we should have a look at it. Um, we've done that one oh shane made a point oh you brought one up as well um shane dot 13 i think you're new got motorbike in your thing so uh an organ donor that's very nice of you i'm not sold on the project youth because the top three clubs will buy better players by the time our players develop now that is that's a good point is that Mm -hmm. worth uh, anyone want to say anything about that he's got a good point i mean he's not wrong Mm. Mm. but if you're taking the top three clubs that have that kind of spending power you're looking at United, City, Chelsea. Mm. Financially, we ain't ever going to be able to compete with them. But what we can do is do something our own way. And it's going to be very difficult for us to compete in that respect. But throwing money at, throwing money at doesn't always bear fruit. I mean, far be it for me to give them praise, but Liverpool have done have created a far better team than Chelsea and Man City. Well, that's not fair. Far better than Man City. I probably, Chelsea. I would say that, in my opinion, this will probably be controversial, but in my opinion, at Anfield, Liverpool are the best team in the country, and they're the best team in the country by quite a way on their day. There isn't a team in the Premier League that I wouldn't expect them to actually batter at Anfield. Mm. I, I mean, on their day, I'd expect, I'd expect Liverpool to take Chelsea and uh, City apart. And they've done that without really throwing money at the... They've done it through good coaching. Mm. And, and with good spending as well. I yeah. mean, Salah was... Well, if we put it to our spending, he's half a Pepe. Yeah. Um, actually, I mean, most money they spent yeah. is Alisson, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, that was the Coutinho money, and that was just mm-hmm. a smart investment of a a large income in so they've so th- this notion that you can just buy the best players in the world and buy the league doesn't always wash mm. for me because Liverpool haven't done that in fact they've shown that you can use intelligent recruiting from within the Premier League and it's just as effective as anything if you've got the right coaching in place and you've got the right setup and you've got the right you know process or style of football whatever we're going to describe it so I'm not blindly in support of Mikel Arteta I never have been I'm somewhere probably still on the fence if I'm being honest but the one thing that he's sort of instilled in me over the last season is you can see 
there's a clear path to what he's doing. You can see he's whether or not he's succeeding is irrelevant, but you can see that he is, you know, attempting to build something. And if it succeeds, I mean, winning is winning at the end of the day. But I, no, I don't know about you guys, but I would far rather win having developed a, t a young team over the course of three or four seasons than I would if we just had an oil billionaire threw money at yeah. us. Because so, I mean, do that would have been Fergie, wouldn't it? Yeah, we're probably the guy who asked the question whose name escapes me is undoubtedly probably right that the best players in the world are always going to go where the money is and maybe we don't have maybe we're a little bit down on the um pecking order in terms of that mm. but if one thing arsenal have been good at throughout the tenure of me being a supporter is buying players and developing them into these stars I think that's the course of action. We To have success, that's where we've got to go. We can't compete with the other three and we're never going to be able to. No, and I don't think we ever have. We've never, I think possibly since Burkamp was probably the last player we bought that blew other teams out of the water in terms of money that we spent on a player. Uh, after that, it was, we were, well, we've never broken a transfer record. But we did that go regard. big on Sol Campbell's wages. We I'll, I'll have a banana and take some tablets, so I won't be, I'm taking my ear thing out. So you, you talk amongst yourselves and press buttons. Okay. Bye, Danny. Don't don't be horrible to me. I'll be listening <laughs> to this. It's just gonna be, you know, an absolute character assassination for the next ten minutes. Josh and I are gonna see how many times, contextually speaking, we can accurately use the C word to describe you. <laughs> uh just by adding various different Prefixes to it. to it, so stupid annoying Cunty McCuntface, a lot of them in there. Um, I think we've got a couple of questions we can go through as well. Uh, the one I will go through is from uh, and two three five one hundred. Um, Catchy name, if, isn't it? It is. It rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> Uh, if we win no silverware and finish outside the top four or six this season, is our is Arteta's position untenable. I would say outside the top six. I don't know. I, I mean, that's a that's a tough question. If you'd asked me that question in the summer, I would have said absolutely. I mean, you could have put forward a reasonable case of him having gone in the summer. But now, I, like I said, I wasn't his most staunch advocate, and I don't think I ever have been, but at the very least, I can say for him that I can see what he's doing now. I like mm. what Arsenal are. It's a team that you can relate to. It's a team that sort of... It's, it's almost a young, blossoming team that's really, you know, repaired that bridge between team and supporters. Mm. I've not seen there be that connection between the Arsenal First eleven and the supporters like this for, you know, quite a while because you can relate to them. You can... You know, you've even more affinity for the likes of Smith Rowe to Saka to Ramsdale to White to Tommy Asu to Tierney to Gabriel, those kind of players because they're young, they're committed, and they're growing together as something that hopefully will be part of a better future for Arsenal. So, and Arteta, from what the noises come out of the club are, is the person most responsible to that. And there's not a single detrimental statement or voice from any of the players about him. I mean, whilst no. undeniably 
it would not be a successful season if we finished seventh out of Europe and didn't win a cup competition. And at that point, there has to be a discussion. But as with most opinions in football, mine veer quite dramatically from week to week. But right now, I would probably say that we are progressing along the lines we want to. And whether or not it'd be a good idea is debatable. But, you know, to slightly contradict myself, I can't really argue for him. Mm-hmm. But I don't really want to argue against him, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think I would be... I generally have to look at... If we finished outside the top six, I would say something has gone horribly wrong. This side of... January. We've got a good chance that if we can perform in the league, mm. which going back to the beginning of the podcast, what Daddy Danny's Daddy, I nearly called him Daddy. Yeah? <laughs> That's a different podcast. Today's next talking revelation. <laughs> um, what Danny said um, about the cup competitions being maybe a very welcome distraction, but a distraction nonetheless. If we can just focus on everything going into achieving the best league position possible, then I don't see any reason why fourth is fourth a bit of a stretch, perhaps, but there's no reason we can't get in the top six. And if we don't, I think the question really you've got to ask yourself is if we do sack Arteta in the summer, then they've got to have a really, really, really good plan in place to make sure the right person comes in because the wrong person could destroy every single thing that he's done is good. Well, and a lot of these young culture. players as well. All the usual, um, the uh, the fiesta are full of managers. They've, uh, well, uh, Conti's at Spurs. He's never played. He's never managed in Arsenal. Um, Arigi, Allegri is back at Juventus. Um, the, you've got uh, the one at Everton. He was another. Benitez, he was often rumoured. Mm. And, uh, Bob, Bobby Howe, Don Howe, Bob, what's his Eddie. name? Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. There we go. He's he's at Newcastle and isn't going there anywhere <clears throat> anytime soon. So I think we have to. Um, there was something. Oh, go on, Josh. Uh, no, go for it. Oh. We go for this you were saying, James, that you brought up a point that we've never felt this connected to Arsenal before. I mean, I've had I've edited this, but what do you not, think? Uh, not uh, not ever before. I mean, for, I no, mean, for, for a while. Yeah, for a while. Yeah. I mean, look at that lot. That was the last time people at home and in the toilet is that that famous picture of of all the young British players all signing their new contracts. You got um, Jenkinson, I've put shit. Ramsey wasted. Wilshire cursed. Gibbs shit on, and uh, the ox was deluded. And then Wenger <laughs> at the top, clueless. So you can feel how I feel. I see how I feel about the club at the time, but that was the last time we we tried the homegrown thing, and it, it didn't work, did it? Or um, I, I mean, yeah, there's. <clears throat> hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? I mean, at the time, I think most I people you know were quite happy to sign that English core. I mean, in terms of talent, if you look at players under 23, irrespective of their nationality, then you could argue that we've got a really, really, really good crop of young players and that the signs that they can develop into a really strong team as they all get older is good at the moment. It's whether or not Arteta can weather the unpredictability of their performances. That's that's the key. If we don't get into Europe, then the knives are going to be out, and rightfully so as well. 
And I think it's also he's got to improve or be more consistent because I think there's times where his performance has let the team down as well. Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, I absolutely Because he is, he is a young manager. And just as we're happy with some of the performances we may see from players, we'll talk about Nuno um, against Nottingham Forest is the most recent uh, example of it. Is he on his day an absolute shocker? And on the upside, is we could go to the stands or go to the bench and pick out uh, Kieran Tierney. We don't have the same thing with Mikel Arteta. We can't turn around and there's, yeah. um, I don't know, Pep Guardiola or uh, Arsene Wenger or George Graham sitting in the stands that we can suddenly, suddenly go and uh, call upon. Or maybe even, and this is probably one for a greater uh, conspiracy theory one, of. Uh, David O'Leary. Hey, that's a some man we'd like to see closer to the club more often, and have uh, his ear to the ground and um, more closely working with the club. Because there's another player who's, or another ex-Arsenal player who's got managerial experience. Do you know why people hate him? I had no idea. And I was yeah, I was great. thinking the same thing. Do you know Is why? It, Do you want me to tell you? Was he, the manager, Leeds, was he the manager of Leeds that stopped us winning yes, the title? Yeah, and where... he, he celebrated when Leeds scored. I think they beat us 3-1 at Highbury towards the end of the season. I was there, and I had no idea. I don't hate him. He's magn- I was there for his 722nd game. Magnificent player. He's the And he's English. He plays for Ireland, but he's born in London. So you, you are where you're born. <laughs> and I love none of that Irish nonsense. Playing on that fake accent, to be sure. But uh, I, I, he's magnificent. He was the Tony Adams before Tony Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, do we should we talk a little bit about the Liverpool game, or should we save that for after we've been smashed five nil or five? You know, our last two games in the Champions League were five one home and away against Bayern. I looked that up the other night. <laughs> I'll quickly close that browser. Any of you guys slightly? I mean, there'll be no Mane. There'll be no Salah. So we won't have the to worry about Salah being brilliant or Mane being an elbowy little dickhead. You'll have um, Jota up front and then if that, and maybe Deepak Origi. If, uh, it'll be, it'll be Jota, Jota, yeah, Firmino and then Jota on one wing and they'll have um, Jones on the other, I expect. Yeah. Are we worried? Let's just put it this way. They'll put out a stronger side than most people would anticipate because uh, if you saw the team they put out against um, Shrewsbury, Virgil van Dijk still played that game. Did he? So, yeah, yeah. The Marty Shrews? I think, yeah. again, maybe this is my pessimistic head rearing itself, but I think over two legs, I would have fancied us, I don't know why, I'd have fancied us if we'd go into the game at Anfield with a lead. Mm. I, I've, I have a horrible feeling we'll go into the game at the Emirates and it'll be beyond us. I think that is quite, quite likely to happen because they know that... Uh, Having the crowd behind us is yeah, you know that. I mean, Anfield, there will. I mean, Christ, you look at what they did to Barcelona there, and at Anfield. I see, like, like I sent heart back to earlier. What I was saying, it's the if the away fixture I always worry about. It's Anfield. I always part of me always thinks if we go to Stamford Bridge, we go to the Etihad, we go to Old Trafford, we go to White Hart Lane. I think we can always get something there, but the Anfield, I expect us to get battered. Um, on uh, other news, West Ham are winning, so we're about to drop down to fifth. Our season is over. Oh, um, at the Ivory Coast, 
Ivory Coast have also just won their game. Pepe played from the 71st minute and I don't think they registered a shot on target after he came on. Uh, whether or not those two are related, you can make up that, your mind on that. Should we do some How many shots on target did they have before he came on? Uh, I don't know, but they ended up with two. Uh, and they had 11 shots in total. Uh, but yeah, Danny, you're talking about questions. Um, uh, yeah, so do you want to do the questions, Josh? Yeah, I think I'd already started. I think I, I'm gonna, I want to answer this one from K-Man uh, 1867. <laughs> very old as K-Man. Uh, can we all agree never to wear all white again? Yes, it was too Spursy. Um, oh, shit. Uh, I'm going to be the voice of dissent here. I, How dare you? For purely what it represented, I would say, if they want to do that again for that cause, and I would be all for it. Well, that cause is good, but just don't fuck with the kit for it. And, and why have white numbers on the back of a white shirt? Absolutely ridiculous. I didn't know who was playing. <laughs> you should be a better fan, Danny, and know what they look like. Well, I was having to go by them. I couldn't. I'm only watching a 32-inch on some dodgy stream from <laughs> Narnia. The moon. Nice. <laughs> they, could, they could do a better idea than that. Um, that's the fourth away, uh, fourth kit of ours that was white. And in the olden days, pre nineteen sixty two, our away kit was white. I think I got that from Andy Kelly. Or I would say, um, uh, yeah, it's the another white, another new kit that has resulted in us losing games as well. Because I'm pretty sure we haven't won a single game in our new kits yet. We lost the first two from our new kits this season. Lost in the blue kit. Um, and Didn't every we wear time the blue I... kit at Norwich. Yeah, but that wasn't our first game in it, was it? I don't think. I know you're right, it wasn't. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we've lost all our games. <laughs> in our first game of the new kit, we've lost them. Uh, the home kit was the last game of the season. We might have actually won that one. So it might have been okay. But anyway, hide that comment and move swiftly on. Um, question from Dejan. Um Go to you first, Danny. Will Arsenal to get a new contract? Yes. Three cool. years. Three years. Uh, any advance on three years, James? Depends. If we get fourth in the summer, then maybe. I think it'll. They'll. It, I. I agree with Danny. He'll get a new contract. But if you, yeah. eh, I think three is about right. Actually, five is probably a bit optimistic. And we're not going eight. You're going eight. <laughs> no, we're not going full party. Oh. Um, ask, look at the top right hand corner how does Jock feel about Arteta getting a new contract oh he's happy <laughs> off you go then Jock Jock's always happy bless him <laughs> our little boiled egg <laughs> uh, right and I think this one is semi topical uh, from Loki73 uh, this time next week after the Spurs uh, the Spuds and Bin Dippers will Arteta be the second coming or a statue of Jimmy Savile uh, Danny as long as I'm you glad you didn't come to me first for that one because I've got no idea what to make of that yeah I'm assuming will he be the second coming of Jesus or will he be a statue of a paedophile so he's going to be either the saviour of all mankind or a raging yeah. nonce a dead raging nonce I would be fair I think uh, Jesus is dead as well, isn't he? So um, I think it's level playing field. Do you ever really exist? Oh, there's probably a man called Jesus knocking around the Middle East at some point. Yeah, he's busy um, getting Gabriel sent off, the Angel Gabriel, at the weekend, last weekend. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I mean, if the spectrum of this answer is 
Jesus or Jimmy Savile, then someone in between Jesus and Jimmy Savile. So I'm going to say, who's not as good as Jesus, but not as bad as Jimmy Savile? Terry Wogan. No, Terry Wogan's... <laughs> I, I put Terry Wogan above Jesus, actually. That's so would I. Yeah. Um, um, let's say in between Jesus and Jimmy Savile would be... John Major. Right in the center. <laughs> um, void of everything. Now, John Major, I'd say, is erring closer to Jimmy Savile than Jesus. He Chuck Norris. He had, an, he had an affair, though, so that brings him closer to... Oh, a lot, please. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, um, James. Give him a fucking answer, man. Captain All Birdseye. Right. Um... Uh, oh, I've never seen someone struggle so much. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of a suitably so, someone who is not as bad as Jimmy Savile, but not as allegedly righteous as Jesus. I'm going to say Ian Holm. <laughs> I don't even know. For those who don't know, the guy with the aliens comes out of his stomach in Alien. <laughs> no, that no, Ian Holm. Sorry, that's John Hurt. Ian Holm's the cyborg. You know my next door neighbour, Jack. Who I've mentioned he was. Um... Who did you just say, the actor? It was Hart. No, the other one. John Hurt. He was John Hurt's um, uh, carer, um, uh, sideman, uh, go-to, passepartout for about 25 years around London. Oh, wow. Now they're both dead. What a Didn't... wonderfully warming story. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> With so a chilling, chilling ending. I don't give a fuck about the other two games. I'm sorry, I just realised something. Somewhere between jo uh, uh, Jesus and Jimmy Savile would be Jock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't let's should we see how Jock feels about that? <laughs> oh, that's good. Off you go, uh, off you pop then, Jock. You're gonna have to get one of those of him being really sad so you can just various pages of, of Scottish anger. <laughs> we can have a Jocko meter for podcasts. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, dear. Just, um, him, just ask him to take some pictures of varying degrees of facial expression from <laughs> elation to despair. And depending on what we're talking about, you can just use him as a, you know, a barometer, yeah, a jockometer, a jockometer. <laughs> Perfect. Jockometer. See how the things are going. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Danny, that was that was all the questions we got. Unless somebody gave us a question on Twitter, which I highly doubt, because you're all bastards, useless fucks. Thirty-one thousand of you. None of you give a fuck about it. Yeah, no, nothing. I think you should put a poll out asking if. People want us to introduce a jockometer into the podcast. Um, it would be the first that Jock will know of it. Doing us lots of lovely retweets and replying to Carl. Carl has some really good questions. And Carl's really on the uh, the ball with all of that. Lots, so we can't it expect it everywhere. It's true, but where uh, are they now? Let's be Avenue. That's all yes. I can say. Yeah, I think I think it's time for shout outs. If anybody's got any shout outs, Danny, do you have a shout out? I do. Mine is going to go to. Oh, pardon me. Where is it? Um, it's going to go to Shane. Shane.13. Being a subscriber since the Steve Ball Collective days, which you said earlier. That's that's really nice, Shane. Uh, nice to see you in the chat. And you get my gentleman's nod for being a long-time listener and long-time sufferer, no doubt. So there you go. Thank you very much. Yeah, perfect. Uh, James, do you have a shout-out for anybody? Yeah, going to give it to Jock because I love him. And for Special stuff. I might have the odd joke at his expense, but at the same time, the guy's a brilliant writer. He's a really good copywriter. If you, anyone who hasn't got his book, Almost Invincible, about the 1991 season, should go out and get it because it's great. He's just an all-round good guy. 
I cannot speak highly enough of him. He's a love, and he's wise. I mean, all, all, all of them, da- all, all of my dudes, Daniel, Sim, Mike, I adore those guys. Yes. I'm like, only good. shouting out Jock here because, you know, sometimes I feel like you might make the odd joke at his expense, but I love want people. He, he, he's so much more than that. He's just such a good dude. You made him sad now. You've embarrassed I was him. expecting the jockometer to indicate happiness all the way through that. <laughs> it's gone. You got anyone, Josh? Uh, yeah, I'm going to shout out. Uh, I think I mentioned it pre pod. I'm going to shout out to your Cypriot brother from another mother. In fact, is he Cypriot or is he Greek? I don't know. Um, oh, no. But I, I was going to. mean, Harry. Fred, I said one dead. What? No, not that one. Sorry, I'm back now. Not that one. The other one. Do it again. You, you broke up. I, I realized I broke up. So, yeah, it was your Cypriot brother from another mother, not your Turkish brother from another mother. Egyptian. Egyptian. Sorry. Cypriot. It's, no, I can't say that comment. Uh, Cypriot, mother from another brother. Uh, Harry. Um, because mother from another brother, did you just say? Yeah. <laughs> Anything's allowed nowadays. Don't everything, don't just people. Not everything's fine. Yeah, Harry for um, naively tweeting the Scousers. You won't make that mistake again. Also, what what's this guy's at? So I can have a look at what he uh, did. Uh, it is at Harry. Is it at Harry underscore Simbrinru? Chronicles of Aguna, people. Go and look for That's that. One of them. Podcast. It was on a couple uh, of weeks ago. And he is a very oh, was nice he on man. with me? I think he may well have been. I can't remember yesterday. Alone. It was me, Jock. And Sophie. Yes. The, uh, Sophie and I'm pretty sure it was him, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I won't find the tweet that they found of his um, from 2012, but I will share it to you. Oh, it was an old tweet they dug up. Yeah, after he said something about them, and then they went through his tweets, um, and yeah, found something in there. But yeah, this is why people. Now. I go. I use an app called Tweet Delete. You pay about nine pound, and then for the rest of your life, it is free to delete all of your tweets. I have deleted over one hundred and twenty thousand tweets, most racial, sexual, abusive, and uh, horrible. Yes, so I deleted them all. And That's these are just you on a Friday night, yeah? yeah just, just, that was one afternoon of <laughs> coked up to the tits, tweeting abuse every act I could think of. <laughs> yeah, we'll go to tweet delete. Tell them I sent you, and they'll go, who the fuck is that? But delete all your tweets, people. Do not put yourself in a situation where some scumbag can go and dig up some right old shit that you've tweeted back in the days when um, a pronoun was probably some kind of um, a butter. <laughs> And uh, uh, people were normal, and people oh. didn't go. I'm offended on behalf of someone who might be offended because their dog has got fleas, and you said something about fleas. No, fuck the lot of them. That's a great way to end a podcast, Josh. It is. We have definitely started. Their end of the lesson, kids. Yep. Remember, every day is a school day. Thanks to Danny. Yeah, the, jo- so the jockometer just... indicates happiness. Does <laughs> indicate happiness after that wonderful lesson. Um, I have to say a thank you to uh, Danny. You've got to be here um, with, on it's your four thousandth, four thousandth podcast in a row. I think is it? It was yes. That, that was last night. This is four thousand and one, and I'll be doing yeah, two, doing two tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes, I've got uh, unstoppable. Me and, aren't you? me and I think oh, I've got it written down. Not you that and Nick, cares. isn't it? It's you and Nick for the and, preview show. No, me and Stan are doing the preview show, and oh. the post-game show is me, Femi, and Nick. There we go. There you go. 
and they will either be well Stan will be happy because we'll see what our lineup is um, and then presumably Femi and Nick will be sad after we've lost James thank you very much for being here as well just you're what welcome coming in. pleasure obviously as well big shout out to the man who has now defined a section of the show Mr. Jock of the Jockometer. I would like to reiterate how much support I am putting behind the frequent introduction of a Jockometer. I would, I would like also, um, and this is a request to anybody talented uh, in the listenership. I know we've got a few talented people there uh, to come up with a theme tune, a little jingle for the Jockometer that we could utilize um, <laughs> when introducing said feature as well. It would either be um, 60s porn music or Benny Hill. Either as either as fine. Actually, no. It's probably got to be the poor music because I don't think we'll then get done for copyright. Um, oh, for all the people at home, we have in the top right hand corner we have a little logo. It's usually the ABW one like this, but then we've had we can have all the people. We can have like uh, Richard and Chris and Femi and John and Josh and Carl, Ellis and his dad, or we can have Steve and Holick and Nick, or if OG pops up, Canadian flag. And so that's the top right-hand corner. So people at home are probably thinking, what the fuck are you doing? They've probably turned off by now. We have a little picture of Jock. And then when it's sad, it's like the Santee, like Josh said, the Santee thing where you can only see his nose. So when Jock gets sad... What we want is the entire spectrum of Jock emotions. And we're going to work on that and see if he does it. All three of them. Yeah. It's basically happiness and rage. (laughs) That's it. Happiness, rage and neutral. That's made him happy. And that's yep. it. So to carry on, Josh. That's it. Uh, yeah. So I think that just makes me to wrap up the show. You've already said who's on tomorrow. Well, thank you for um, being here, Josh. Oh, well, thank you, Danny. Yeah. So I think that's the end of the show. And uh, well, actually, I can hit the button, can't I? I don't even need you anymore, Danny. But yeah, thank you, everybody, for watching. Don't uh, forget to like, subscribe, comment, do all of that stuff, and someone will be in the box. And and put your unbridled support behind the frequent use of a jockometer. Yeah, if you would like a jockometer, please do a thumbs up. If you wouldn't like a jockometer, then please do a you. thumbs. Please do a thumbs up because uh, we'll just count <laughs> that as well. Yeah, thank you and good night. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>